With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome into the Rocky Top Talk podcast. I am your host, as always, Terry Lambert. Flying solo today. Uh, Got Evan with a busy week. NFL season is getting underway, so he's busy on that front. But I had to get on here and uh, address what happened. Uh, over the weekend, Tennessee falls to Georgia State, um, probably the worst loss in Tennessee history. Uh, so we're going to dive fully into that and uh, look ahead to this BYU matchup. Before we do, uh, remind you, we write for RockyTopTalk.com, part of the SB Nation uh, umbrella of websites covering college football. Uh, any team you like, SB Nation has a website for them. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a Tennessee fan, so head on over there, check it out, sign up for an account, totally free, uh, you know, comments on every post, lots of good discussion, especially this week, uh, at such a crucial time for Tennessee football. So head on over there, sign up for an account, a lot of fun over there. All right, now. Tennessee loses to Georgia State. Like I said, the worst loss in Tennessee history. Um, I fully believe that. Uh, with the trajectory of this team, the perceived you know, upward motion of this program, I think it was the worst loss that Tennessee has ever taken. Um, you, know, you look back at, at some of the, the, the famous uh, bad games for Tennessee, that Wyoming game stands out. But, you know, that was kind of at the end of the former era. This was at the beginning of what is supposed to be Tennessee getting back to what they once were. Tennessee's recruiting at a high level. Um, you know, I don't think anyone was expecting Tennessee to go out and hang with Alabama, hang with Georgia. Maybe you compete with Florida a little this year. Uh, but to go out and lose to Georgia State has just totally taken the wind out of everyone's sails. Uh, just disappointing is an understatement. Um, you know, John Jennings said it best. Uh, it, it's unacceptable. So, um, Jawan, if there's a positive in all this, Jawan has really cemented himself as a Tennessee legend. You know, it's kind of unfortunate that he had to play in this era, that he won't be remembered for playing on better teams. But in a situation like this, Tennessee needs leaders, and Jawan has really stepped up. We'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, how did Georgia State beat Tennessee? With the option. Uh, they spread them out, uh, ran speed option, and converted every third down uh, in short, it seemed. Put together some really long drives. Tennessee could not get off the football field. Uh, and, and that's really concerning. Tennessee was without Daniel Batuli, senior linebacker. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that hurt them with some, uh, some alignment issues. Uh, Tennessee couldn't seem to get lined up. That was a, a, a huge deal that Jeremy Pruitt talked about after the game. Uh, on a key third down, I, I think it was the go-ahead touchdown. Tennessee had two defensive ends lined up on the same side. Uh, 
it was a really odd looking uh, deal and then they had someone running onto the field uh, trying to get the 11th man onto the field why a timeout wasn't called there I'll, I'll never know um, you know you, you kind of start to see some some rookie deals with with Jeremy Pruitt as an in-game head coach um, that's when I, I start to think you know is, is this guy ready to be a head coach he might not be he might get there one day he might not be there now uh, we saw a little bit of it last year with him, the rumors of him meddling in the offense uh, just certain things like this he's still figuring out on the fly so that situation ends up costing Tennessee the game Georgia State goes in and takes the lead uh, on that go-ahead touchdown end up extending the lead to a 15-point lead in the fourth quarter um, and, and you know Tennessee loses by eight game was not that close game wasn't that close uh, and th that's just wild to say Georgia State was up 15 points in the fourth quarter at Neyland Stadium. So, I, I, what else can you say? You know, this defense looked atrocious. And if there was one thing that I was confident in heading into this season, it was that defensive group. Um, you know, you look at, at some of the, the injuries, I get that. You know, I already talked about Batuli. Uh, no Emmett Gooden. Baylon Buchanan had the narrow, narrowing of the spine issue. Uh, and then, of course, Bryce Thompson, that situation still under review. So you've got four key starters out. Certainly get all that. Same time, it's Georgia State. I mean, how many excuses can you make uh, for losing to Georgia State? Uh, it's, a, it's a game that Tennessee should never lose. They showed up flat. It never got better. So I, I, the motivation... Uh, to play was a, a big question coming out of this one and, and that's just a big red flag I mean, I, I don't know if I, I don't know how the week of practice leading up to, to the game was I don't know if they're looking ahead to BYU um, It's kind of a sleepy opener. I get that But still Tennessee had too much talent to lose this game uh, the offense You know, it, it honestly wasn't much better. I thought they found a little bit of a rhythm in the in the second quarter, offensive line started dominating up front. Ty Chandler rips off a 31-yard touchdown. Eric Gray looks great in his debut. Uh, but Tennessee kept rotating that offensive line, and I thought it kept them out of rhythm. I thought it, it, they didn't build chemistry up front. Um, you know, obviously they're going to have to rotate a little bit with Trey Smith uh, and his blood clot issue. You know, Jeremy Pruitt again calling that a week-to-week -week issue. Uh, keeping him on a little bit of a snap count, uh, but still, I, there comes a point in time where you can't play nine or ten offensive linemen. You got to kind of settle on six or seven, I, I think, just to get that chemistry going, just to get that run game going, and to keep it going. So I, I think Tennessee fell out of their rhythm that they were in by rotating all these guys in. Now the defense didn't do them any favors, none at all. They couldn't get off the field, and Tennessee couldn't play ball control. That's what they want to play. That's why they hired Jim Chaney. They want to run the football, control the clock. The second that defense couldn't get off the field and started giving up points, Tennessee had to go to the air. And it was reminiscent of last year where they had to put games on Jared Garantano's sh shoulders. And Garantano's just not ready. He, he's proven time and time again that he's an average quarterback that is not going to elevate an offense.
what he is. Threw for 311 yards. Um, you know, that's, that's pretty hollow. A big chunk came on the final play of the game on the touchdown throw. Um, I, I just, you, you look at some of the decisions he made uh, down there on the goal line before halftime, just stared a DB down and threw it right to his face mask. Gets bailed out on a, a pass interference call. But those are decisions that a redshirt junior in his fourth year cannot be making. And we just don't see much improvement there. I know his off the line is bad up front, but he's holding on to the ball too long. You know, on the final drive where Tennessee has a chance to win, he's holding on to that ball too long. Everyone in the stadium sees what's coming. He gets drilled in the back and foams the football. So Garantano's got to get rid of the football. Um, just still making rookie errors in year four. And look, Tennessee doesn't have anybody better. Let's be honest, they don't have anybody better. Uh, JT Shroud, Brian Maurer, we really don't know who they are at this point. Uh, both are freshmen. You know, obviously Shroud's got a year in the program, but it's a new offense, learning it from ground zero for both guys. So uh, Tennessee doesn't have anything better. Maybe that changes next year with Harrison Bailey. Uh, for the time being, he's who Tennessee has. So this offense really needs to run the football. And I think to do that, they've got to find an offensive line rotation uh, of six to seven guys, not nine or ten guys. So I think that's a key going forward. Uh, you look at, at some positives. There were some positives. You know, you, you talked about jo John Jennings. Uh, went over 100 yards. I think he had eight targets. Caught seven of them over 100 yards on touchdown. Um, really looked healthy. Jawan didn't look healthy last year to me. Uh, he looked healthy in the spring game, showed out. Um, and, and then you saw that dynamic guy, that run-after-the-catch guy uh, that, that we saw as a freshman, um, as a sophomore. Uh, so good to see him back. Uh, looks like the best receiver on the team. Uh, Marquez Callaway had seven targets, only caught three of them. Uh, Josh Palmer had an up-and-down day. But Juwan definitely looked like the best of that group, uh, for now at least. So that, that's good to see. Hopefully, going forward, he becomes a featured point of this offense. Um, Eric Gray was another another bright spot. Uh, didn't really get free uh, for, for any big gains. But, man, you saw the electricity out of him early on and, and in between the tackles. I, I mean, I'm talking about a four-yard run. You know, you're kind of holding your breath like this guy could, could take it to the house. Um, so, so that was fun to see. Uh, got six passes out of the backfield. That was something we harped on. You know, this offense didn't feature the running backs in the passing game uh, as, as much as we thought they should. Um, you know, we were talking about Ty Chandler, but Eric Gray, too. It's good to see him getting involved. That's an easy throw for Garantano. Uh, Garantano can find a rhythm there uh, and, and let Gray do the rest, uh, who really looks like a special, special uh, player. So, you, you know, you look at this loss as a whole you know as kind of kind of an overview and I, I just sit here wondering how much more fa will the fans take uh, and, and I've seen plenty on Twitter uh, you know saying that they're done you know show me something on the field and I'll come back but I'm not going to support this product every week and I get it I get it I totally get it how much more can you take why put in when you don't get anything out uh, like I said before, this program was kind of on the upswing this offseason, quietly, 
Not a lot of people talking. Uh, but to come out and lose the first game to Georgia State, it just feels like we're back to ground zero. Um, so it, it's, it's put on the hot seat? No. Do some people want him there? Yes. Uh, it, it's an unacceptable loss. And look, I wasn't a big fan of how he handled it personally. I wanted him to come out after the game and say this this is unacceptable. I wanted to see the fire that he had in the introductory press conference a couple of years ago. Didn't see it. You know, he kind of blamed it on his youth, which I get. It's it's a, it's a legitimate excuse. But he didn't come out and say, hey, you know what, this is unacceptable and it's not going to happen again. Jawan Jennings said that, but the head coach didn't say that. So that's a little thing. It, it's it's not a real big deal, but I think it would have made um, the fans feel better in the moment. Uh, but, you know, everything is forgiven and forgotten if this team comes out and whips BYU, I think. Maybe not forgotten, certainly not forgotten, but still, I think he can repair a relationship with a good performance against BYU. And, and you know, that kind of leads into this question. Was Tennessee sleepwalking on, on Georgia State? Are, are they just bad? You know, I think we're going to figure that out uh, on Saturday night. All right, we will take a short break, and we will come right back. All right, so BYU coming into town. You know, this was the game that everyone was talking about in the offseason. Uh, this was the non-conference matchup that was going to Kind of test Tennessee. Tennessee is expected to win this game by a touchdown. You know, summer lines out in Vegas. That line crashed all the way to one after the Georgia State loss. And it's been bet back up to about three and a half. Uh, so Vegas still likes Tennessee, even though they couldn't get lined up on defense last week. And they got absolutely gashed by Georgia State. How will this team respond? How will they respond? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think anyone knows. I don't think Jeremy Pruitt knows. Um, you saw this week, Jordan Murphy left the team uh, after, you know, he tweeted out a, a joke about Georgia State collecting a check for beating Tennessee. Georgia State was paid $950,000, by the way. Um, so I, I think you've got some bad apples in this locker room. Pruitt said it. On, uh, I believe it was Volkos, said uh, some, some guys just don't know what it means to play with Tennessee across their chest. Uh, some guys are still trying to figure that part out. I, I think that's your problem there. I think you've got a few, probably more than a few guys that don't understand the heaviness of this situation. So, you know, Jordan Murphy, it's a shame. Uh, he was going to be an X factor in this offense. I wrote a post. Uh, during the summer saying that he was kind of a hidden weapon for this team and now we won't get a chance to see it he didn't play against Georgia State I think he was sick um, you know he tweets that and Pruitt says it was his decision to leave not sure I buy all that but that's the story we got um, Terrell Bailey the reserve defensive back also left the team I'm not sure if those two are related but um, Tennessee's already down two players uh, after week one, again, not not a huge deal on the field, but uh, with Murphy's case, 
certainly seemed like he might have been a, a bad apple that needed to be addressed. So, uh, well, did that get anyone's attention ahead of this BYU game? You know, you certainly hope so. You certainly hope a guy like Juwan Jennings uh, has the attention of the team uh, and can, can jolt these guys into shape here because BYU... They're better than Georgia State. You know that. Georgia State went 2-10 and 10 in, in the Sun Belt last year. So BYU comes in, probably middle-of-the-road team nationally. But what they are, they're bigger and stronger than Georgia State was. Uh, that offensive line is much bigger. Defensive line is much bigger. So Tennessee struggling in the trenches is going to get a t- tougher test uh, than Georgia State. I don't know if they're, if they're faster than Georgia State was. Probably are. Uh, but it's going to be a much, much tougher test um, than Georgia State was. Zach Wilson, the BYU quarterback, does a lot of things that Dan Ellington of Georgia State did. Uh, you saw Georgia State kill Tennessee with that speed option time and time again. Uh, you know BYU is watching that tape, and you know they've installed speed option, and you know they're going to run it 8 to 10 times a game, if not more. Uh, Zach Wilson has been compared to Johnny Manziel by Jeremy Pruitt. I don't know if that's an accurate representation, but you get it. He's a more accomplished passer than Ellington was. Um, A guy that can get out of the pocket and make some things happen, extend some plays. Tennessee really struggled to contain Dan Ellington. Really struggled. Uh, Ellington got out on the perimeter, made some things happen with his feet, made some things happen with his arm. You know, Ellington wasn't a great passer, but he did plenty to Tennessee uh, enough to knock them off in Neyland Stadium. Will Daniel Batuli be back? That's that's a key to this one, I think. Um, senior linebacker understands his pruitt defense. Uh, can whip everybody into shape, can get everybody aligned correctly. Uh, I think that's a huge key. Jeremy Pruitt said there's a chance that he could give us some snaps, and that's a quote. Uh, that doesn't sound too great. You know, maybe he's on a pitch count. Uh, had his knee cleaned out before the Georgia State contest. Tennessee really missed him against Georgia State. Uh, having that senior leader out there would have really helped, in my opinion. Uh, you know, Henry Toa did what he could, but it's his first game in this defensive system, and he was out there trying to get everybody in line, and he just probably just wasn't ready to do that. That's That's probably unfair. Uh, an unfair situation to put him in. So if Batua can get out there for 20 or 30 snaps, that would be huge for Tennessee. Not a given, though, uh, again, with the with the knee issue. So Tennessee needs some leadership defensively right now, particularly at the linebacker spot. Not sure if they're going to get it. Um, got, some, got some banged up running backs. Uh, Tim Jordan turned an ankle. That prompted Tennessee to move Aaron Beasley from safety over to running back. Beasley signed as a three-star athlete um, out of Georgia and played running back in high school. It was a pretty good one, too. So Beasley moves over. Um, Carlin feels Ami is dealing with some sort of issue, did not dress out for the Georgia State game. Uh, so running back depth. You know, Jeremy Banks is obviously working at the linebacker spot with Batuli's injury. So it's kind of had a carryover effect to the running back position. Um, Tennessee is likely going to roll with Eric Gray and Ty Chandler. Um, Trey Smith uh, said 
Jeremy Pruitt said he's still on a pitch count. Likely will be for the remainder of the season. Yeah, it's going to be kind of touch and go. And obviously, Trey Smith's health is the most important thing here. Uh, so you want to keep him healthy, but at the same time, he's probably your best offensive lineman. So will that change in the game? I don't know if it can. I don't know how how hard that pitch count is, you know. If, if things are, are going well and it's a key spot in the game, will they go over that? Remains to be seen. So uh, certainly Tennessee has been very, very careful there. Uh, but Trey Smith, there's, uh, there's no denying what he brings to this team. Uh, offensively and you go back again that that's a big reason why Tennessee is, is rotating guys it's because they have to to get Trey Smith on the field so you just hope they can settle on six or seven I think they will I think they will probably by that Florida matchup I think they'll find their best six or seven uh, and try and build some chemistry going forward Alright, that's all I've got. I uh, wanted to get on here again, give you all a short update heading into BYU week. Uh, again, RocketTopTalk.com for all the latest news and information. We've got an injury report up, uh, and we're talking about what Jeremy Pruitt said on Wednesday. So check all that out. Subscribe to the podcast, and we will get somebody on joining me next week to break down this BYU matchup.